0: So, my secret uh, is about abortion. I have had two in my life. Both of them were when I was deep in my disease of alcoholism and addiction. I remember uh, my mom found out about the first one, and she told me that I'd always have to live with the guilt that I killed her first grandchild.
1: Welcome to The Secret Life Podcast, Tell me your secret, I'll tell you mine. Please note that this episode contains topics of suicide, trauma, and abortion. Some people may find it disturbing. Sometimes you have to go through the darkness to reach the light. That's what I did. After 12 years of recovery in sex and love addiction, I finally found my soulmate, myself. Please join me in my novel, Secret Life of a Hollywood Sex and Love Addict, a four-time bestseller on Amazon. It's a brutal, honest, raw, gnarly ride, but hilarious at the same time. Check it out now on Amazon. Welcome to Secret Life Podcast. I'm Breanne davis Gant. Today, I'm pulling back the curtains of all kinds of human secrets. We'll hear what people are hiding from themselves or others. You know, those deep, dark secrets you probably want to take to your grave. Are those lighter, funnier secrets that are just plain embarrassing? Really, the how, what, when, where, and why of it all. Today, my guest is Julie. Now, Julie, I have a question for you. Dun, dun, dun. What is your secret?
0: So my secret, I wish it was like one of those like funny ones, uh, is about abortion. I have had two in my life. Both of them were when I was deep in my disease of alcoholism and addiction. Um, and I think that the reason why I wanted to come on your podcast and talk about it is because nobody talks about it. I know because the incredible amount of shame and shit that is thrown at women who have had to make that radical choice in their life is, can be debilitating. It can be, it's one of those things that, you know, especially if you're an alcoholic and are an addict and you're going through your recovery and then all of a sudden now you remember and you bring up these things and you have to deal with them i remember um, my mom found out about the first one and she told me that i always have to live with the guilt that i killed her first <gasps> grandchild
1: no okay wait that in itself just made me like so angry <laughs> like oh my god i i that's the thing it's such a controversial subject so as a host a part of me wants to you know not offend somebody, but then it's a woman's right. So I'm I, even when you say it, and I've had an abortion too. So let's just put it out there, right? Like right. I've done it too in my disease of sex and love addiction. You are not the only one. But it's hard to say that. But when can we talk about when was the first one? What was the situation?
0: So the first one, I was young. Um, I had. Um, can you say your been,
1: age or you don't want to. Share oh, I was I was
0: around the age of 18, 19 okay. years old. Um, and they were they weren't very far apart, unfortunately. Um, I the first one was deep in my disease and I, I was living at home. I had to move home. Mm-hmm. And I remember, you know, my mom was buying all the feminine products in the house and she, you know, obviously noticed that something was going on and, and she said something to me and, and I told her and she said that to me. And, and I was just like, if you want to talk about kickstarting someone into the shit pit of life and into a disease that I was like, I just, I just kept getting just dumping the chemicals in my brain just so that I didn't have to hear that statement ever again.
1: I mean... What, what did you do? What was your expression? What did you say after someone, after your mother that gave birth to you says that to you? I mean, you're it 18 was, years old. Do you know how hard it is to have a kid? You know how hard it is to have. A yeah. Kid. And here's
0: the funny thing, Brian is that I have had an abortion. Mm-hmm. I have a child that I have raised. I have a foster child and my oldest child, I gave up for adoption because all I heard after i had had those two abortions, all I heard was my mother's voice. And what was funny is when I gave my son up for adoption, my dad came over to my apartment and he asked me, why would you do that? Why didn't you just get an abortion if you weren't going to keep him? Because now you've given away my grandson." And I'm like, you know what? I'm never going to fucking win. I'm never going to win in this situation. Like my mom tells me I'm going to have to live with guilt that it killed her first grandchild. And then when it gave us a child up for adoption, then I have to live with the guilt that I should have done this. And you're right. We are never going to please everyone.
1: Yeah. And
0: I have a podcast and I'm going to talk about this journey on my podcast. And I told my mom about it mm-hmm. and I told her she's not allowed to listen to that episode. And when I say it, people are like, oh my God, and they want to be mad at my mom. And I will voraciously defend her because at that point in time in my life,
1: mm-hmm. I
0: was such a trauma triggering, horrible, abusive mean child to my mom
1: well you were an addict I was an, an addict addicts, I was in the throes of it we're assholes like the biggest assholes, is the biggest selfish the self, self-seeking egotistical narcissist like we don't think of other people because you're in a disease your brain is not functioning on a normal level no and
0: so you know we talked but she forgot she said that um as I've been sober I have They always forget. Right. And the longer I've been sober, like I've been sober for almost 31 years. And, and I remember I sat down with her one time and and we talked about it and she was devastated. Like I can't even, it, it like chokes me up thinking about the look on her face when I told her what she said. Mm -hmm. And she's like, I would never, Julie, I said, it's, it's okay. I love you. You're my mom. And I'm a mom and and I've messed up real bad, even being a sober mom.
1: Yeah. Because you
0: still have those same when you're triggers. A mom, you, yeah, you have the same triggers. And guess what? As we grow up as parents, as we grow up, we're growing up raising children that are growing up. So as they're growing up, we're still growing up. And I was a very young mom. So there was a lot of shit that happened. But it's funny, the more I start talking about it, Brie, the more. I find women that are like, I have one too.
1: Yeah, that is the beauty of it. It's like, I know so many women that have and don't talk about it because they don't feel like it's their choice. Right. Because society puts on us that, society owns our body, even though like men can have babies till they're 70, but they have no birth control on their side, like it all on no. the woman, And it's like, you do not own my body. Like no. if I'm not ready to have a child and I- That mistake happens, I'm allowed to course correct it. Exactly. And
0: then you have the people who are like, well, it had a heartbeat, da 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 da. And so, and yes, I understand that. And trust me, I know what my choice was. Until I told, I had it, I did hair for a long time, and I had a client Mm -hmm. that made some just rash comment. And she was like, What'd she say? She said, um, somebody was talking about, there was something about Roe versus Wade in the news or something like that. And she's like, you know, she was like, oh, they just need to overturn that because it's murder and blah, 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 you know, all that stuff. And then she goes, but you know what? I'm so glad that, you know, obviously you would have never had to make that decision. I looked at her and I said, you know what? I appreciate that you think that 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 has never crossed my mind. However, I will tell you that I've had an abortion. I gave a child up for adoption. I raised my son and then I took in a foster child. So don't you dare tell me how my feet feel. Until you have walked in my shoes, don't you... Now, your shoes might be a little bit of a different size, but we still have worn the same shoes. So until you've worn those shoes, don't you tell me how my feet feel.
1: Yeah, you don't know the background you came from or anybody when they make those decisions. And it's not a decision made lightly. You know, when I made that decision at 22, it was not a decision I made lightly. And it stuck with me forever. So... I'm the one that has to live with it. I'm the one that has to go through the grieving process. Yep. I'm the one. So how dare you then put that on me, your judgment, because we have different beliefs. And it just kind of goes to this thing. And I want to ask you also as a recovering addict, it's like, why do people feel the need to put their beliefs on someone else. I don't understand it. Can you explain to me if you understand it? Because I'm thinking we all come from different backgrounds and situations and religion and all that. Like you're allowed to have your god, your beliefs, but you don't have to put them on me. Like we can all have our own. So why do people do that? Explain it to me. I need help. <laughs> so, here's my thought process. I'm like,
0: I'm so glad you asked that because um I also do NLP and and I was working with a client and I was telling her, you know, your soul came here for a purpose. right. And so when you are going through that purpose, you have four massive things that your soul goes through, and then you have your life, your parents and everybody in society has a journey that they chose to come here for. When people have these beliefs and they push them on you, mm-hmm. if you think about a belief, a belief is only a thought that you keep thinking And when you tell someone that their belief is wrong, what you're doing is you're telling them that the thought that they originally had, the thought process that they had was wrong. And as a human being-
1: We don't want to be wrong. We don't (laughs) want to be wrong.
0: And so when you challenge my belief, you're challenging my thoughts. Mm -hmm. One of my favorite movies is Best of Enemies. And because it's the leader of the KKK and the leader of- um, this black community mm-hmm. are at odds and they end up being friends because they went back and thought of, it comes back to the a thought that dropped into your brain. Yeah. That, you that society usually puts on to. you. Right. Yeah. And you will, you will find the people who are most like you. We gravitate. We're pack animals. We are going yeah. to find the people that support that belief. So if you're pro-life and I'm pro-choice you're not going to come over to my pro choice camp. And nothing I say is going to get you to come to my pro choice camp.
1: Which that's fine. That's what I'm okay with people not having to come to my side of thinking. I don't understand the people that are not okay. Like you are allowed your beliefs about abortion right. and women's rights of their own body. My right. own body. Mine. It's mine. mine. This is mine. I live in it. This is where my soul is, my body. I'm not telling you what to do with your body. So why are you trying to, that's what I don't understand. You can have your beliefs. I'm not making you come to this side, but don't, but that it, it happens on the other. So that's what I don't understand.
0: And I think honestly, it goes back to that. If they feel like if they can get you to believe the way that they believe, it validates them as a human being, it validates there it validates their belief and it validates their thoughts so it validates them as a human being and you know going through your recovery with being a sex and love addict nine times out of ten what do we want we want validation we want validation
1: love you put
0: that so when i put that up in front of you and i say okay brianne this is what happened that challenges you on a core level and unless you are ready to have a healing journey, seeing somebody else's point of view is terrifying.
1: But what, but that's the whole point of being on this planet is to have empathy and compassion and connection. Right. Like, right. Isn't that, and then to have empathy, I don't understand what you are going through and putting yourself in that situation whenever you got pregnant or people get raped and they still don't think that they can have an abortion. I don't, you have empathy for that human being that is going through this very difficult decision that, you know, did something wrong. They're allowed to say, Hey, I I messed up, but I need to course correct.
0: And I think it's, it's one of those things, like you look at the the last political election and I don't give a shit what side you're on Hmm. the people on the right, hate the people on the left, the people on the left, hate the people on the right. Mm -hmm. And if people could just get past that point and realize that where you sit, you are a, a, a piece of skin wrapped around some meat and blood and veins, and you have the ability to create life and you have the ability to change another person by telling your story and, and by trying to, when people, like when my mom said that, and when I've talked about it with other women, like people have walked away from them, like left them been like, if you did this, you had an abortion, you don't get to be part of this family anymore. And I don't, I don't understand it either, to be honest with you Yeah. walking through it. I actually have empathy for the people that hate me.
1: Did you find out after you made those decisions that relationships were lost?
0: Yes. I I have had people that have chosen not to be friends with me mm-hmm. because of them. And I go back to, I'm, I have to, as a human being and in recovery, I choose to have empathy for their beliefs because, but for the grace of God, there I am. So for me, the choices that I made, I mean, my second abortion was a late term, it was a two day procedure oh. and was it a d and No, well, it was, but I had to go in and have the, the, you know, the, um, the expansion of the cervix and, and all of that stuff. And that one, I, that one was rough. I was so, I was into the hardship by that time. And I didn't even know I was pregnant. What were you on? Uh, well, if it went in, the only thing I didn't do is put a needle in my arm because I knew in my brain that Mm -hmm. if I, in, in my warped sense of thinking that if I actually put a needle on my arm, then I was an addict.
1: Did you do drugs that you could put in your arm and you just took them orally? Yeah. Oh yeah. Like I smoked
0: heroin, like I've smoked crack. I mean, I've done all of those, but for me in my warped sense of brain, it's like, you know, well, as long as, you know, I don't put it in my arm, then I'm not an addict.
1: So Oh, I love it. I love that you like separated yourself <laughs> from the other addicts that like, I love that yeah. judgment because we are still judgmental as addicts, you know, we're judging like, judging if I don't. if I don't like for me, I'm like, I'm not the horrible sex addict. I've never had a one night stand. Like that. sometimes I say that I'm, because people think that's what sex addicts are. And I'm like, but I don't do that. Even though I think nothing's wrong with one night stands, it just wasn't my thing. But right, it's so funny we have that belief. We're like, I'm not fully an addict because I didn't shoot it in my arm,
0: right? I just, you know, I just, you know, I did it, and I didn't do it every single day. But you know, when I went in for the procedure, they told me about it, and before the next day, you know, you're not supposed to have anything in your system. I got so loaded. I got so loaded the night before because I knew what I was doing and. After that happened, girl, I could be, I could take take hours and tell you the story after. It was just, I wanted to die.
1: Yeah. Do you think you were trying to kill yourself? Like, un- I've tried it twice. Yeah.
0: i tried it twice. Thank goodness I'm a wussy and I don't like pain. And, and, you know, when how did I don't- you
1: try it? Did you just try um, taking drugs or did you both? You
0: know? I was going to slip my wrist. I literally was going to split my wrist. I have like a little tiny scar right here on my wrist where I actually... I don't know if you can see it or not, but like right there. I have a little tiny Oh, nice I do see scar. it. <laughs> yeah. So I was going to slit my wrist and mm-hmm. I got down like, I don't know, maybe a half an inch. And I was like, that hurts. Ouch. No, I don't want to do
1: that. Oh my God. I've never had someone describe. Look, we sound like we're like hanging out, like laughing, but this is a serious thing. Like I've never actually heard someone talk to me about like the actual cutting, trying to kill themselves. And yeah. they were like, ow, ow, that hurts. Never mind."
0: Yeah, I was like, never mind. And so then I was like, well, this is a stupid idea. And then, you know, Gus, God Universe Spirit, Gus was like, bitch, I ain't done with you yet. Yeah, you didn't know. Let's go. And so like I would, I, I would be okay, and then I would fall back and I would be okay. But you know, a lot of it that guilt and that shame of like, I did that. Yeah. And learning it's that even though we did that in our past and I did that in my past and I chose to make that choice twice, it doesn't make me a bad human being. It doesn't no. make me a horrible person. It just meant that in my life I made choices and I don't believe that there's somebody up in the sky with a clipboard that's sitting there going, okay, well, Julie did this check. She's going straight to hell. Oh, well she did this. So we're going to let her back in and you know, I'm just going to beg for forgiveness and I'm going to get a cookie and a pat on the head and I get to go through the pearly gates. I don't believe like that.
1: I don't if either. Do, and I, and I, and I believe we are not bad people. We have done no. bad things, but that doesn't define us as people and their survival tactics. You did those things because You had to survive, and that's the only way you knew how to survive. And that's everybody is just trying to survive on this thing we call, you know, life, which is ups and downs. And I truly believe anybody that does things they're not proud of doesn't define them as a person. If you're willing to admit you're wrong, yes, willing to admit to go through the pain and get on the other side. Now, if you keep doing it. And well, not taking responsibility—that's one other thing, right? Yeah, right. that's a
0: choice. And you know, it's funny when I heard about your podcast, and and like I emailed you, uh-huh. and I said I want to talk about abortion. I was like, "Bring it back, bring it back, unsay it, don't say it." And then I was delete, like, "Delete, oh delete, delete." <laughs> delete, delete. But then I was like, Oh wait, she's a celebrity. I'm just a little peon. She's not going to pick me. It'll be fine. i will be fine. And then I was like, Holy shit. I'm like, let's do it. And I'm like, Oh my God. No, I'm good. She did it. She said it. Okay. We're going to do this. And I told, and I told my mom, I was going to do this episode. (laughs) And, and, uh, she's like, you know, she said, Julie, I am so proud of you because she said, by telling your story, hopefully there will be a mama out there who doesn't hurt their daughter the way I hurt you.
1: Oh, See, those are the beautiful moments when you're willing to tell your story and your truth. And hey, I did this. I've been through this. It was horrible. I don't want to go back to that darkness. I'm on the other side. And now I want to share my experience, strength, and hope with someone else. And I just have to say, just you talking about it makes me feel a little less Alone because I had an emergency DNC when I lost, you know, my child before my son while working on set of six. Like I lost the baby on set and I had to go to the emergency room and they had to do, and it was the most painful experience. And people made me feel bad about that, that don't believe in abortions, that I should have still had the baby even though it wasn't alive anymore. And I, I just didn't understand that. And yeah. I've had a lot of sh- not shame as a woman when things like that happen, but just you saying it is like, okay, I can say it out loud. I've wrote an article about it, but saying it out loud is a lot different. So thank you. I did you a for Facebook Live.
0: That. Oh, you're welcome. And I did a Facebook Live and mm-hmm. I said that on my podcast, I'm going to talk about my experience with abortion. Mm-hmm. And it took everything in me to actually say the words because. In my so much
1: judgment, so
0: much judgment. But and that's why I love your freaking podcast because (laughs) secrets can the shame and the guilt only stay when we don't shine light on it.
1: I don't know. Let's make a movement though, where there shouldn't be any judgment on what women choose to do with their bodies because we're not allowed to judge men. Sign me up. Sign me like, up. Let's i us just... this movement. Like, let's take out the judgment, people. I, even if you don't agree, even if your beliefs are different, don't judge my Not path.
0: Much. No, because I guarantee you there is a skeleton sitting in your closet.
1: Oh, please. Everybody's got a skeleton. Everybody, I believe, has an ism. And I've said that a yes. million times. Everybody yes. goes to that place where they don't want to feel. Because as humans, we don't want to feel depression. We don't want to feel pain. We don't want to feel hurt heartaches are terrible. So we all yeah. do something. So I agree completely. I I'm a
0: hundred percent in that movement. And, and, you know, that's why, that's like why I have my podcast. That's why I have my courses. I don't like, I just made a post on Facebook and I was pretty raw and real. And it's like when I stand in my truth and when I stand in my power, and when I stand here saying this is me, mm-hmm. I give permission to other women to stand up and say, Okay, so you did that and and you're still alive and you're okay. Okay, then then I can do it. So it gives when we stand in our power and our truth, and when we share our stories, we give other women permission to share their stories and to understand that they're not alone.
1: And that's men. why I talk about it. And I don't men. want to
0: do. I don't want to do. Do you think I want to go on and talk about my abortions and this and that and the other thing and have you know all that radical judgment? No, but here's the thing is that I want other women to understand that you're not fucking alone in this. Yeah. You are but not But I also, alone. I just want
1: to say that, and men also go through the process of that loss, making that decision. Absolutely. When it's a joint decision, you know, when the two people aren't ready to procreate and they are, they don't have the capacity to become parents, which is the toughest job in the world, God, the toughest yes. job in the world, yep. and the most triggering job, so men also are allowed to have those feelings of, you know, shame, not being ready, not being man enough, all that stuff.
0: And I think that we forget that, you know, we as women stand in our power, we stand in our truth. And I work primarily with women because I I think that when we heal the divine feminine, that the divine masculine gets permission to heal because men aren't supposed to heal. We're not. Grown men don't cry. Grown men aren't supposed to feel bad. Absolutely. When you allow yourself to heal and to feel and to, to stand in their truth, then you have not only a heal society of women that can also empower men to heal and feel and to learn how to be okay with who they are.
1: Yeah, because a man and a woman both have the masculinity and the feminine. And yep. we, sh- we have to give each of those sides their due because if not, we're cutting off that part of ourselves.
0: Absolutely. Agree 100%.
1: So when you're saying this secret, you know the abortions, the giving away your child. Which one was the hardest one, and what was the feeling after it happened? I just want to hit a little more on that because we went off on a tangent of like, right? <laughs> which <laughs> I love. always go off on tangents. Which I love,
0: yeah. Welcome to my life. <laughs> yeah. Coral, um,
1: <laughs>
0: focus. Um, so for me, honestly, the abortions because they happened in the midst of my disease, it was easier for me to just. Drink and use those away, and right. I've I brought them up and healed and worked through the steps to do that.
1: Did, how long did you get sober after you had them? Did it take a couple years? Did it take? Yeah, it was a year couple right years. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, it was a couple years because after I had the second abortion, I came back to um, Washington State and ended up getting pregnant with my oldest, mm-hmm. and then gave him up for adoption. So it was like bang, bang, bang. And that was the hardest, that was the hardest because I felt when I had the abortions, it was, I was doing what I thought was best, not only for me, but the shit that I was putting in my body.
1: Yeah. It's those babies. Baby. Yeah. Mm -mm. So, but when I, yeah, when I gave,
0: when I gave my son up for adoption though, I felt like a failure Mm. as a woman and as a mother and I thought, you know what? Then my dad said that, you know, well, why should, why didn't you go do that? Yeah. So I just felt like a complete failure and, and I didn't get sober. I gave him up, uh, August 4th, 1988, and I got sober August 27th, 1989. So I spent another year out practicing and,
1: you not know, feeling, not feeling.
0: Yeah, not feeling, not feeling. And you know what's funny now is that he and I are best friends.
1: That's what I was gonna ask you. Oh my God, he, that just he's makes married, my heart so he's happy. married and he has
0: he has a five-year-old son. Mm-hmm. And what's amazing is that when he turned 18, I'd done a scrapbook and I gave it to his adopt the adoption agency and they gave it to him. And I'm sitting at work and my phone rings and I saw a Washington number and I was down in Oregon and I answered and I'm like, hi, this is Julie. And uh, mm-hmm. they said, Julie. And I said, "Yep, yeah. mom, mom, it's me. Oh my God. It's really me. It's me. It's me. Your son. It's me. It's me. It's me. And I just like, I'm sitting at work, boo hooing, <laughs> having just like this moment. And like, we went, I got home. My ex-husband said, what is going on? I said, my, my oldest just contacted us and he's like, oh, so are we going to be making, uh, are we going to plan a trip? I'm like, yeah, we're leaving tomorrow.
1: Oh, how and was so, that
0: reunion? Oh my God. He was sitting up on the steps at, at his house and I had a convertible and I pulled up and he leapt probably from the steps, like, like Michael Jordan to the curb. Oh God, crying. I couldn't I'm even crying. stop the car. He's like pulling his brother out of the car. And both of my boys are crying. They're like, my brother, my brother, I have a brother. And I'm like crying. I get, and I'm like, it's, and I spent, until I moved away, I spent every Christmas with his family. Like Malcolm, oh. my son and I would go and spend Christmas with his family. And I'm very close to his family. And
1: what a beauty. I'm like, literally, I'm like losing my shit. Like I'm like holding back tears because it's like, you gave those parents a gift, you know, like you weren't ready and you gave I wasn't them a gift, ready. but it's like, look at all the love that come from that. You know, and it's so, that's so beautiful.
0: And, and, you know, the question came up, well, why did you raise him and not me? Right. And, I, and, and what'd I, you say? I told him, I said, honey, this is, this is what I th- has been happening in my life. And, and this is w- why. And he said, you know, he said, if you didn't do what you did, I wouldn't be where I am. And yeah. he said, and I love you for that. Oh. And I was like, the fact that I'm not crying is surprising me because normally I am a boo-hooer when I tell that story, but it's probably just, because
1: I'm doing it for you. You're like, Yes, you and
0: you know what? It's <laughs> I I'm just so grateful. And you know, when I was talking to you on my podcast, you know, I asked you the question, would you go back and change anything? And you and I feel the same. I wouldn't change anything. No. Even the rapes, the the abortions, the the homelessness, the addiction, all of the the shit that I've been
1: through. Yeah, because now it you can help others.
0: who I am mm-hmm. and I get to share it. And it's not about me. It's not about you. It's not, it's, I want to be able to share this to let other people know that you're not alone. Yeah. You're not alone. Your feelings are valid. Your story's important and people need to hear it so that they feel comfortable stepping into the arena.
1: Because like we have said, and what I always say is secrets keep us sick. They keep us in that cycle. And the moment you say, like, me too, I felt that way. I've done that way. There is so much healing and connection. And the one way out of your addiction is connection. That's what gets you out of your addiction. It's not sobriety. It's connection.
0: Oh, my God. I read that article this morning where they were talking. I I read that article this morning where they said that addiction so is the cure to addiction is not sobriety. It's connection. connection. Yeah. It's, it's the connection. rat project where they have the two, they yes, put the rat the in with, the rats with, with the water, with the regular water and then the water laced with heroin. And yeah. when they gave them a community, the rats very rarely went and got the water with the heroin. They yeah. wanted community. They wanted connection. They wanted to Well, that's it.
1: When I go in my addict mind, because I'm still an addict, you know, I still have those addictive thoughts that then want me to self-sabotage and say, I'm not worthy enough. I'm not good enough. I'm not lovable. Someone's going to abandon me. When I go into those thoughts, the one thing that gets me out of those thoughts is picking up the phone, doing the podcast, reaching out to my sponsor, just being of service to somebody else. That is the one thing.
0: And it's funny because you just said that. And as soon as we get off here, I'm going to record my podcast episode about my journey of abortion.
1: Oh, okay. Perfect. Well, that's perfect. But I have to say one more thing. Yes. If someone is listening, if they've been through half of what you've been through or exactly what you've been through, or even have the judgment that you maybe should have had those kids that you aborted, because look at the experience with your son. You know that someone's going to be thinking that. What would be your response to them or to someone else struggling in the same shoes?
0: First of all, breathe and remember (sighs) that it's a choice. If you can deal with, think about which options you have. Mm-hmm. And if I walk through this door, will I be able to heal from it? Will I be able to look in the mirror? Not worried about what the hell anybody else says, because the peanut gallery does not have the right to be in your mind. If you can if you can walk through that door, and if you think about your life, three months, three years, 20 years, 30 years, look ahead because mm-hmm. it really is about you. You, your heart knows the decision you need to
1: make. Yeah. Your
0: mind is a trickster and your mind will listen to everything that everybody else says, go inside, listen to your heart, listen to your gut because your gut won't lead you wrong. And if you make that decision, it is okay. Mm-hmm. Your feelings are valid. Everything that you're thinking is valid and Please, please, please do what is best for you and reach out, find one person that you can talk to, that you trust, that you can reach out to and have that one person to have that tough conversation. And then at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. You know, I see people all the time. Should I have short hair, long hair, dark hair, light? It doesn't Who cares? It's your hair. So do what's best for you. Yeah. Feel the fear and do it anyways.
1: Yeah. And I think the last thing I love that you said, you know, listen to your heart. And people are like, how do I do that? And for me, what really works is to get silent, get quiet, get silent, you know, and you just turn it over and ask for guidance. And the answer does come in some form. And that, you know, even if it's you think you are going to make the wrong decision, there's actually no wrong decision. Nope.
0: There's never a wrong decision. Because here's the thing we're never going to get it done. So if we're never going to get it done, then whatever you decide is just going to take you down a different path. It's not a wrong decision. It's just a decision to take a different path and your journey and you're not, you don't go on vacation to, to hurry up and come home. You go on vacation to have a journey and create memories. So it might not be the easiest path, but you're going to learn something. So don't be scared of going down that path. Find the people that support your path.
1: Exactly. Ah, I'm so glad you came on. Can you tell everyone where they can find you if they have more questions or need some support? Absolutely. Find you? Absolutely. I am not
0: anonymous. It was so funny because you're like, we can delete something. I'm like, oh girl, trust me. I don't really I don't <laughs> care. So like you can use my whole name on this this because they're going to find me anyways. Okay. Um, I have a podcast. It's called Be the Phoenix of Your Own Life. It's on mm-hmm. Apple, Spotify, all that. Um, you can find me, friend me, follow me on Facebook. Um, my last name is Paulston and i i'm on instagram at divine phoenix rising so yeah i i i don't feel the shame anymore because Yay. if people want if people want to reach out and tell me i'm a horrible person thank you but i'm in the south now so like you being from georgia we're just like oh bless your heart
1: no i mean like we said if if people want to reach out and even say that maybe there's a connection that you can make every Everybody has a decision in their yeah. life and, and God bless anyone that makes the decision to better yeah. their life or get on the other side and been through hardships. So thank yep. you so much for coming on and sharing your no, truth and your you. secret. Thank
0: you. I appreciate you.
1: <laughs> and if you want to be on the show, please email me at secret podcast at iCloud.com until next time.